Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of The James Wilson Show. Today, we will be focusing again on the coronavirus as the Senate passed 96 to 0, a $2 trillion bill that will provide aid to small businesses, businesses, and the American people. Stay tuned. You're listening to The James Wilson Show. Okay, so just like we've been doing over the past couple of episodes, we will first be getting into a coronavirus update. As of course, it's always important to know what's happening with the coronavirus, with this pandemic that is infecting so many different regions, of course, starting in China. So as always, we'll be reporting from the Johns Hopkins University of and Medicine of Medicine. They have a whole map of total deaths, total recovered, and then total confirmed. So first we'll start with the total confirmed, and this is a cumulative. So we have 511,603 total confirmed cases, the most still being from China with 81,782. Now, we might get into this a little bit more, but I actually have reason to believe that China might not be fully reporting all of their cases. Uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're almost reporting you know, little to none cases more of the coronavirus, which is kind of interesting to see, as we've talked about on the show before, how the coronavirus, um, you know, has the way it's affected China and then China's not being very transparent about what's happening to them. They've lied to the World Health Organization. We don't really know what's happening in China. We can't be sure just because they've lied in the past. And we, specifically for me, I don't know if we can trust them after what they've done earlier this year and in December. Again, reports show that if this thing was contained if we were actually able, if China was actually able to communicate with the rest of the world, the the effects of coronavirus would have been 95% less than what we're experiencing today. But as reported, there are 81,782 cases in China, Italy catching up very fast with 80,589. So that is about a 1,000 confirmed case difference with the U.S. in third place with not third pl- third place, but again, this is not good. You don't want confirmed cases. You want uh, the the spread of coronavirus to be limited so we can actually get rid of it. With seventy six thousand five hundred and fourteen cases, so just four thousand, approximately four thousand off from Italy, who's one thousand off from China. So these cases, the cases confirmed, is getting pretty high at this point. If you listen to the daily update at the beginning of the show every day, you start to see how quickly the coronavirus has expanded. Obviously, some of this may be because more testing is is being um, given to countries such as the United States. There's there not as many confirmed cases. You give them tests. There are people who didn't know they have coronavirus where they actually do. So when you provide those testing is, it, tests, it makes sense that the United States would go up just because there's people we didn't know about. But when we're able to confirm them, add them to the chart, which is, you know, allowed us to not only have more data, but to know that there are a lot of confirmed cases. And behind the United States is Spain with 56,000, Germany with 43, and Iran with 29,000. All in the thousands. Those are the big countries with the, the most cases. Now we'll go to total deaths 
Uh, there's been a total of 23,067 death so far, which is pretty huge to imagine that just last week I was reporting a little under 10,000, estimating that this would quickly rise above 10,000. Now it's broken 20,000 at 23,067. Italy again has the most deaths with 8,215, but Spain recently passed China. They now have 4,145 deaths associated with the coronavirus. Now, I did mess up in some of my other episodes. I reported for the country, but it's actually a little different than that. I reported the United States had a little under 100. That was actually for a specific city in the United States. I'll get it right this time. There have been 3,169 deaths in Hubei, China. Not China, Hubei, China. And then followed by 2,234 deaths in Iran, 1,300 in France, and 281 deaths in New York City alone. So there's been a little over 1,000 deaths now in the United States because of coronavirus, with you know New York having many cases, over over 200 at this point, 13 people, if, I, if I'm correct, died just yesterday from this. Now we go on to some more positive news of total recovered at this point, which brings us at about 120,996 around this point, just about now with you know the total amount of covered mainly being from Hubei, China at 61,201. So that's our daily coronavirus update before we get into the coronavirus news, which actually happens to be a lot of, about a bill passed by the Senate just yesterday. So the bill passed was $2 trillion. Yes, you've heard it right. It's the largest package introduced and passed ever in United States history with $2 tr- trillion. So before we get into the news about it being passed, different Democratic and Republican responses to this, let's get into a little bit of what this bill does. So, first of all, it's $2 trillion, like I already suggested. Um, Additionally, most of this is CNN reporting. There will be direct payments to individuals and couples of $1,200 for individuals and $2,400 for couples. However, if you make above a certain amount, which we won't get into this episode, you you either don't get this, you do get it, and then kids are an addition. Kids under eighteen are an additional five hundred dollars. There's a student loan suspension, so you don't have to pay your student loan back right now. There's been unemployment benefits, which we'll get to a little later. We'll save that for later. But big unemployment benefits, five hundred billion dollars in a lending program, and then hospitals gets billions in dollars, uh, and then. Trump businesses can't get any money. This is interesting. Trump, you know, Trump Towers, you know, all those businesses. Trump businesses cannot get money. With addition, there's no money for border wall. This The bill also protects against evictions. And $25 million is also set aside for the Kennedy Center. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. You're trying to revive the economy and you give $25 million to performing arts place. Okay, well, we'll get to that a little bit, but CBS also has some numbers, so we'll report what they have to say, too. 
Um, this bill expanded unemployment benefits that boost the maximum benefits by $600 per week and provide laid-off workers their full pay for four months. Eligibility is extended to independent contractors and the self-employed. So if you are self-employed, you can get this money. $367 billion are in loans for small businesses, $150 billion for state and local governments, $130 billion for hospitals, $500 billion in loans for large industries, including $25 billion for passenger airlines, etc., etc. Uh, again, the measure um, things in the bill prohibit companies owned by Donald Trump and his family from receiving federal relief. I wonder who put that in there. We'll get to that. $25 million for the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts and $4 million for election security grants. So that's just what the bill is about. Let's talk a little bit before we get into it more. Some of the parts, key parts to the bill. One of the things I find interesting, if you listen to the show last episode, we talked about Democrats Nancy Pelosi's dirty move to turn a bipartisan bill into a partisan bill until they added additional measures into the bill that favored Democrats. Some of these included um, Green New Deal extensions. We got into that in this episode. But many Democrats especially are blaming Mitch McConnell for this the bipartisan bill that did not pass on Sunday. Obviously, it passed on Wednesday, just yesterday night. But here's what a New York Times opinion article had to say. Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky failed to do his job this weekend as the economy spiraled downward. Mr. McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, said he would produce a bipartisan bailout bill authorizing an infusion of desperately needed aid. Instead, Mr. McConnell emerged on Sunday evening with a bill that would provide a lot of help for corporate executives and shareholders and not nearly enough for American workers. It would let the Treasury Department hand out millions of billions hundreds of billions of dollars to corporations, potentially including businesses owned by Trump, without requiring a binding commitment to preserve jobs and wages. The bailout could remain secret for six months. That is some great writing, just kidding, over at the New York Times. Blaming Mitch McConnell, everyone thought this was going to be a bipartisan bill. Everyone thought this bill was going to be passed on on Sunday. And it did not pass because, as we talked about on the show last time, Nancy Pelosi came in 11th hour and basically told Democrats to not vote for it because it didn't have enough and they needed to take advantage of the situation of this being a bipartisan bill. Dan Crenshaw made multiple tweets explaining to everyone why this happened. Dirty partisan play by the Democrats to stall this out. Luckily, this has been passed now, as we'll get to in a second. But New York Times opinion article blaming Senator Mitch McConnell for this, everyone thought this was going to pass. I mean, you look at some of the some of the items on the list that were agreed to here, and you start to re- Mitch McConnell wouldn't want some of this stuff. For example, Trump businesses can't get money, no money for border wall, twenty five million for the Kennedy Center. I mean, I mean Republicans are definitely in favor of of 
or at least for the most part, limiting spending of the government because the more you spend, the more you get into debt, the more government controls in your life. So there's a lot of things that are bipartisan about this. Mitch McConnell worked with the other side. Republicans worked with Democrats. Democrats worked with Republicans to try and get a bill. And then Nancy Pelosi flew in and then told Democrats not to vote for it. So to suggest that it's Mitch McConnell's fault makes no sense. He's the one that's been pushing this the hardest, trying to get it passed as fast as possible. And this wasn't able to happen, not because of Mitch McConnell, but because of Nancy Pelosi. So good work over at the New York Times, just kidding. Crazy article from them. NBC News reports the Senate overwhelmingly passed a massive $2 trillion $2 trillion stimulus package late Wednesday that's meant to soften the economic blow of the coronavirus pandemic for American workers and businesses. The Senate approved the 880-page bill in a unanimous and 96-0 vote. The measure would provide billions of dollars in credit for struggling industries, a significant boost for unemployment insurance, and direct cash payments to Americans. The House is expected to vote on the stimulus bill on Friday. House Majority Leader Stanley Hoyer, Democrat from Maryland, said which will allow Democrats enough time to review the legislation whose final language was not released until late Wednesday. Senator Speaker Nancy, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, made clear in a statement after the Senate vote that Democrats support the bill because it was turned upside down from a Republican corporate focus to a Democratic worker-first focus. On Friday, the House will take up the legisla- legislation with strong bipartisan support, she said. President Donald Trump said Wednesday that he would sign the legislation if it reached his desk and celebrated the Senate passage on Twitter, saying, quote, 96 to 0 in the United States Senate. Congratulations, America. Now, in a second, we're going to get to why this bill is helpful, some things that aren't as good about it. But one of the things that really concerns me about this all is Nancy Pelosi saying that, um, you know, this was turned upside down from a Republican corporate focus to a Democratic worker-first focus. I don't understand what this means, because when you help businesses, you help workers. Businesses are having to lay off, you know, workers, employees, because they don't have enough money coming in, because no one wants to go out for the coronavirus. So to help companies helps the economy, it helps the workers, and it helps keep these businesses in business so that when we do get out of the coronavirus, we still have businesses that provide us with essentials such as food, groceries, and then, you know, other things that you may need such as, you know, printers or, you know, different services that people value. They just aren't able to get right now because of the coronavirus. So to suggest that Republicans are focusing on businesses, focusing on businesses is a good thing. Because then you're allowing these businesses to pay the workers. But instead, the Democrats just want to give money to everyone, including those who are unemployed at this point, which we'll get to in a second. Now, first, let's focus on some of the things in the bill. Now, I'm not suggesting that this bill is completely perfect. Obviously, I'm in favor. I was in favor of it last episode. I'm still in favor of this bill because it provides needed money to businesses, to workers, employees, the American people who actually need this money. Now, one of the reasons why I'm in favor of this, which is because the government is coming into people's lives and saying, you have to shut your business down because of the coronavirus. Would it make any sense to then suggest that you have to pay your employees full pay, you can't lay them off, and you can't do business? 
all these businesses would go bankrupt and shut down. If you shut down these businesses, these bus- lots of these businesses, including small businesses, will just have to shut down. They will. And then you reopen the economy. It's not as strong after the coronavirus. And then you don't have these value- valuable goods and services that these small businesses in the local and state areas provided. This includes bigger businesses. Not all bigger businesses have enough to pay their empl- employees full pay, all of them, for, for months on end. So for the government to suggest that you that you have to shut down your business even the LA you know mayor suggesting that they may even shut off your water and electricity in your business if you break these rules and then to not pay pay you for the work you missed out on because they shut you down that's complete nonsense to suggest that you shouldn't give them any money now are republicans normally in favor of giving a bunch of money to people no they're not. But when the government comes into people's lives and then suggests that they have to shut everything down, they better compensate for that with, with pay that they would have received if the government hadn't come in and done that. So now $2 trillion is a lot, and it's a little disappointing to to find out that that these that that some of the spending areas for this is a little ridiculous, such as $25 million for the Kennedy Center of Performing Arts. I mean... The coronavirus is serious and should be taken seriously, but to provide large sums of money to places that we don't need right now, this is already $2 trillion. Why would you spend that much money on something that's really not that important? Additionally, they have a $500 billion lending program. Now, this is good. The businesses need the money. But at the same time, it makes more sense instead of giving out loans to give out grants. Now, I know the government needs money to operate and to run, and the economy needs to be doing better than it is right now. But going back to the same argument, where you're shutting down businesses and saying, we'll give you money, but you have to pay it back, doesn't really make that much sense. Especially since Bernie Sanders is suggesting that after you give them the loans, that they will now own a piece of your company, which makes no sense. Think about, in different circumstances, obviously, you know, we have the coronavirus going on, which it should still be taken seriously, and we still have to assess the government's um, access to our lives to, to shut things down. I mean, what the government has been able to do over this is kind of scary, and to think about if they were to do this for no reason is even scarier. If they were to do this for no reason, for example, and they provide the same thing, we're going to shut your businesses down. You can keep operating, we'll give you a loan, but now we own a piece of your company. Now that's socialism. That's when the government operates your business, when they own your business, nationalized businesses and corporations. Do you know how well that works? Let's go and take a look at Venezuela, for example. All the places where this has been tried has failed, and for the government to come in and suggest that they own a piece of your company because they gave you a loan that you needed because they shut down your business doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not suggesting that Republicans are saying that. That's something that Bernie Sanders said. But instead of having a lending program, I think it would make more sense if you gave them grants. Because, again, I would be very irritated if the the government came in, shut down my business, and then said I could keep having my business if if the government, the one who shut my business down in the first place, would give me a loan that I'd have to pay back. Very bad for businesses, very bad overstep for government. Again, though, this bill does provide a lot of things that are needed in the economy right now. Obviously, you need to bring work you know, back jobs, you have to bring back money to different, to all sorts of Americans, you know, citizens, emphasis on citizens there. 
you, you need this bill for a lot of good reasons, and as we'll get to in a second, many Republicans are on the same page with this. They don't agree with everything, but it's enough to, to say, hey, you know, we need to get this bill passed. We need to put money back in the hands of American workers, so let's go ahead and do it. There are a lot of things that aren't great about this bill, as we just talked about a few. We'll talk about another one, another big one, in a second. But this bill was able to pass unanimously, um, with 96 to 0 vote, President Trump has already suggested that he would sign the bill into act, giving many Americans, even some, $2,400, which would be a pretty big paycheck for people who need it. Now, it does make sense to do this in many cases because if the government is shutting down these businesses, I mean, what's what's the business going to do? Are they going to lower wages? Yeah, we've seen that. Are they going to lower hours? Yes, we've seen that if they're not already shut down, and they're going to have to lay off workers. So if the government's going to do something like that, they better pay these workers, they better help these businesses to keep people employed so that when the coronavirus is over, workers have somewhere to go to so they can get money for their family and that Americans can get and Americans can get the good and services that they had before this whole thing. Now, because of the coronavirus, the situation is a little different, but through this whole thing, you have to consider, is what the government is doing an overstep of what they're supposed to be doing? If this was, if this were to be normal circumstances, would this be okay? So for example, shutting off businesses, water and electric, if they don't comply with your rules after you shut them down, you know, are, should they be able to do that? These are all questions that we have to com consider the entire step of the way. Okay, so our next big story today is that this bill might also encourage layoffs. Now, all of these four senators actually came to the conclusion that it's better to pass it than to not, so they ended up, you know, voting for it, but there are some concerns about this bill. So Fox News reports, Quote, unless this bill is fixed, there's a strong incentive for employees to be laid off instead of going to work. This isn't an abstract philosophical point. It's an immediate real-world problem, Tim, Tim Scott, Susan Graham, said in a statement. In a press conference, Tim Scott gave an example of someone in South Carolina making $20 an hour or $800 a week who could get up to $326 of unemployment benefits in the state followed by another $600 a week in the federal benefit, meaning they would be earning more than their normal salary. Critics of their stance voted that the unemployment boost would currently expire in the summer, plus one cannot leave a job voluntarily and then claim unemployment. Others suggested it could be solved by employers raising wages. So this is a serious concern. Now, to summarize what Fox News just said, if, if these employees are laid off, if they're making $20 an hour or less, in this case, it, it would be better for them to not have a job because they would be getting more money in, they, they would be getting more money in unemployment benefits, which is a serious thing to consider at this point. Because, because if you don't, you know, these workers are going to want to quit. They're going to want to get laid off so that they actually get paid more. Now, sure, you could argue that, you know, this thing isn't going to last forever. Many employees still want a job, but it is a serious question to consider. Another interesting thing is it talks about what the critics are saying about this. Others, they say, quote, others suggested it could be solved by employers raising wages. 
Now, well, that doesn't make any sense because businesses right now are having to consider laying off their workers because they don't have enough money to keep their business going. It's either lay off some workers or go bankrupt and out of business. So to to so to suggest that a solution of this could be to raise the wages so people don't want to quit. This is something that employers and businesses can't do at this point, or at least lots of them. So interesting to see how this all turns out at this point. You know, there's a lot of different responses. Senator Graham said, my goal is to add some federal dollars to the pot to get you back to what you were making with a cap of $600. This bill pays you more not to work than if you're working. If this is not a drafting error, then it's the worst idea I've seen in a long time, and that's saying a lot given that we're in Washington. Now, again, a good point. If workers, if businesses are already considering laying off workers because they don't have enough money to continue, and they know that that they're going to be receiving more money if they're unemployed, then lots of these businesses will actually have an incentive to lay off as many people as they can because they're not hurting the worker. You know, there's a common, there's a common misconception that business owners are, are big, bad people. They're not, they care about their workers, but if they're going to be making more without it, then it would make sense to just lay them off because you, you, you have to make a decision anyway. So this bill would definitely encourage layoffs. And Senator Graham makes a very good point that if this isn't a drafting error, then what type of idea is this for people having an incentive for people to be wanting, wanting to lay off and wanting to get fired, wanting to be unemployed so they can get more money than not. Now there's been a couple of different responses to what happened, including Bernie Sanders and the New York Times. So we'll get to all of that, starting with the New York Times. So they had an interesting piece that pretty much blamed Republicans for not for not caring enough about workers, which doesn't make any sense because when you help businesses, you help workers. So we'll get to that in a second. But here's what the New York Times response in an opinion article had to say. Quote, for a few hours on Wednesday, it seemed the Senate still could not muster the will to start pumping trillions of desperately needed dollars into the American economy. Four Republican senators, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Ben Sass of Nebraska, Tim Scott of South Carolina, and Rick Scott of Florida, announced they had found a flaw in the economic stimulus legislation so grave they would be forced to delay its passage. The proposed unemployment benefits, they said, were much too generous. Yes, that's right. They worried the federal government was in danger of doing too much to help low-income workers whose jobs are being sacrificed to save lives. The views expressed by the four senators are not just mean-spirited but misguided, for reasons we will explain below. Yet the senators' timing was even worse. The United States has never experienced a comparable collapse in economic activity. Thousands upon thousands of workers are losing their livelihoods with every passing day that Congress continues to drag its feet. How could it be that any senator did not grasp the urgency of this moment in American history? How could it be that any senator would threaten further delays to prevent a few thousand workers from getting a few hundred dollars in extra aid? Now, let me just say, before we get into what they're actually saying, what a beautiful argument they just made against Nancy Pelosi for what she did on Sunday. Like, like, seriously, they say, quote, yet the senator's timing was even worse. The United States has never experienced a comparable collapse in economic activity. You can replace that with, 
Yet, Nancy Pelosi's timing was even worse. The United States has experienced an incomparable class in uh, collapse in economic activity and coming in and destroying and killing this bipartisan bill at the last second so you can add other details, other sections that you wanted to add and take advantage of. Like, that's not, that's not worse. Now, now before we go on, let me explain the key difference. So, between Nancy Pelosi and these senators trying to hold up the bill. So, Nancy Pelosi was fine with the bill. This was a bipartisan bill, you know, with bipartisan support. She was fine with the bill. They just wanted to add more and take advantage of the situation. And suggesting, oh, this is a bipartisan bill. This is going to get passed. What if we hold it up so we can add more more sections, more details that we want to add in, and either Republicans don't pass it, it looks really bad for President Trump, and you don't get the aid to the American people, or you pass the bill with the stuff we want. So that was just taking advantage of the situation. The bill was already fined. These senators noticed a problem with the bill itself, that it would incentivize people to get laid off, to incentivize businesses to fire or lay off as many employees as they possibly could so that they would be getting better wages and it would actually save the business, you know. So that's the key difference. So when I say Nancy Pelosi should be considering this, it doesn't work for the senators because they're actually noticing a problem with the bill. Nancy Pelosi never mentioned a problem with the bill. All they wanted to do was take advantage and add stuff that wasn't already in the bill. There wasn't anything wrong with the bill. They just wanted to add more. This is something that the senators wanted to amend and take out because it, you know, was a drafting error or a terrible, you know, as they put it, the worst idea I've ever seen in a long time, as Senator Graham said. So one of the things that irritates me most about this New York Times article is that they say, yes, that's right. They worried the federal government was in danger of doing too much to help low-income workers whose jobs are being sacrificed to save lives. No. These four senators were not worried that the federal government was in danger of helping too much. There's a common misconception that Republicans don't like to help people. That's not the case. They just have different ideas on how to do so. And, you know, having unemployment benefits is good in this time in the coronavirus because lots of people do have to get laid off because we're in a recession right now. Stocks are going down. You know, they started coming up over the past week, but, you know, we, we still took a d- dramatic fall from where we were even months ago. So they're not in da- they're not scared that they're going to do too much good. They're scared that this is going to do too much bad because if you have no, if you have no low-income workers working, first, that raises the unemployment, which isn't good, and when you don't have these workers doing essential jobs that we need, then it's going to collapse the economy even more. So they have the best interests in mind. They don't, they're not worried about doing too much good. They're worrying about too, doing too much bad to the, everyone, everyone in the United States that could cl- collapse the economy even more than what it is if we see lots of people being laid off simply because they'll be paid more by the government if they are so than if they keep working. So that doesn't really make sense what they're saying. And just last thing to point out about this is it, it says, it seems the Senate still could not muster the will to start pumping trillions of dollars desperately needed into the American economy. And again, I would say, just put Nancy Pelosi's name into that sentence and it makes perfect sense. So I think as we've seen from some of these New York Times opinion articles, instead of putting Mitch McConnell or the senator's names inside it, let's 
put Nancy Pelosi's name and it makes twice as much sense. It's funny how much sense it makes to just replace the names in each of these spots. So now we'll get to Senator Sanders' response to the bill and what the senators were trying to do. Senator Sanders, to Americans who say they can't afford to have the stimulus bill delayed any further, they want you, your colleagues, to vote, send it to the president for approval. What do you say? I agree. I want this thing passed as soon as possible. What happened is Senator Graham and some other Republicans, they are just terribly upset that low-income workers might receive a bit more money than they otherwise would have earned. Pause. Terribly upset that workers wouldn't receive more money? No, not that's not the concern at all. The concern is that you will have businesses laying off tons of people, and for the short term, these people are making more money, and then until they're not. And then you need these jobs. You need these workers. And if the businesses are laying them all off because you're providing incentives to do that from the federal government, that would just create a bigger economic class collapse than would it would otherwise be. And you know who this would hurt the most? Low-income workers. So this bill isn't trying to hurt low-income workers. If you start to think about it, it's actually trying to help them. Here we are in the midst of the worst economic downturn, perhaps since the Great Depression. Tens of millions of people are worried to death about how they're going to feed their families, pay their rent, prevent a foreclosure. And these guys are just staying up nights, worrying about low-income workers getting a few bucks more. And what I have said is if they are prepared to drop their hold, which I believe they are, by the way, uh, I am certainly not going to persist in, in what I want. But I just wanted to make it clear that I will not sit back, nor should anybody sit back, and allow these guys to attack the needs of low-income workers, especially at a time when in this particular bill there are $500 billion available to the president for all kinds of corporate welfare and chicanery. They don't object to that. They worry about the working people getting a few bucks more. Pause again. They're just worrying about people getting a few bucks more. The Republican Party, these Republican senators aren't suggesting that... These workers don't have any benefits. I mean, if you're shutting down the businesses, as I've expressed before, just in this episode alone, because of what the government is doing, they're shutting down these businesses, so you better be able to pay them. But the, but these senators aren't suggesting there aren't any benefits. They're All they're suggesting is if you provide too much benefits, too much incentives, you'll see a lot of low-income workers being laid off. And that's something that would crush the economy. When you hear Lindsey Graham saying incentivizing people not to work, I mean, I know a bunch of people are out of work, and they, the only thing they want is to get back to work right now. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just an absurd. It is, it is amazing to me that you have all kinds of people here who voted, including Senator Graham and the others. They voted for a trillion dollars in tax breaks to the 1% and large corporations, and now they're really worried that a low-income worker might receive extended unemployment plus $600 a week. Oh okay, goodness. pause it again. <laughs> a lot of things about what he has to say. So Anderson Cooper s- suggested that people are trying to get back to work. And of course, that's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people trying to get back to work. But as, you know, as Tim Scott said, if you're making $20 an hour or less in South Carolina, it's easier for you. It's it's better for you to be unemployed because you're making more money than if you're actually working. And $20 an hour is pretty good. I mean, I must, if I had to say so myself, 
if I was making, you know, $20 an hour, like if I was making more than that, that would be crazy. Or to have $800 a week, like that, that's, that's a crazy amount of money. So people are trying to get back to work. Yes, right now. But if this bill passes and all of a sudden they're making more money than if they went back into work for some of these people, then they're probably going to stay home until this all ends. And then they actually need to get a job again. So we'll finish up this clip real quick. Okay, and as Bernie Sanders predicted, the amendment did not pass. So there still is that drafting error in um, the fact that this bill might actually encourage layoffs. So as it just passed last night, that still has to pass the House, likely pass the House, and then Trump said he would already sign it. We'll see if this actually happens. I would be very curious to see what happens, but this could, this not only incentivizes businesses, you know, to lay off some of their workers, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And the last thing I want to get to today before we end the show is just some more on the Chinese virus, the Kung Flu. You know, we talked about on the show why the name for this is not racist and why it, you know, why it might be even necessary to call it this because of the awareness it's bringing. So we'll get into that. The New York Times, lots of New York Times today, I'm sorry, has an article, an opinion article about how we just need to call it the coronavirus. So they say, quote, in trying the virus to China, in tying the virus to China, the president has also adopted the argument of Mike Pompeo, the secretary of state, that referring to Wuhan or China is payback for Chinese disinformation and for Beijing's delay in letting the world know of the outbreak. Of course, it is possible to hold the Chinese government accountable for its handling of the crisis and its spread of misinformation without maligning a nation of more than 1.3 billion people or the people of Chinese descent who make their homes in nations around the world. So the xenophobia and prejudices that result after naming new infection diseases after places people or animals are the reasons of the world health organization has urged against doing so and instead using generic descriptive terms like coronavirus names like middle east respiratory syndrome spanish flu swine flu or monkeypox the who said or world health organization can have serious consequences whether provoking a backlash against members of a particular community or prompting needless slaughter of food animals in the end, though, the anti-Asian hatreds spread by the coronavirus are not solely the product of politics, but of the deep fears that have already accompanied the outbreak of le lethal pathogens. It is for all Americans to try in whatever ways they can to remain united and compassionate as the disease invades all, um, all of their lives. So, first of all, let me just say, anti it says the anti-asian hatred spread by the coronavirus bad thing before we get into it anti-anti-asian hatreds bad thing i wish people would stop with that but is that what trump's really trying to suggest is he really suggesting that you should be anti-asian no of course not being anti any race is bad and people who you know hate asians for this shame on them shame on them really and for people who are trying to be violent against, you know, Asians because of the coronavirus. First of all, I think they're, you know, 
I don't think they're the smartest people in the world. And shame on them as well. They should, you know, if if so needs be, they should be put in jail for this violent action. And there have been cases that this needs to be hap- happening. If, you know, people are violent against Asians, you know, they should go to jail. If they say these sorts of things, they should be, they should, others should stand up for them. Anti-Asian hatred is a bad thing and I condemn that before I continue. And then New York Times says, without millennia a nation of more than 1.3 billion people or the people of Chinese descent who make their homes in nations around the world. That's not what Trump's doing. We've talked about this on the show so many times. Trump is not condemning Asian people. He's content. He's He's condemning the Chinese government for their terrible actions to lying to the World Health Organization. And, you know, for doing all these things, to burning evidence, to hiding it, to not reporting on how many cases there are, how many people have died, that has led the rest of the world to, you know, to not be as prepared for this virus. Obviously, South Korea was on top of it right away, which is a good thing, good for them. But you, you can't ignore the fact that 23,067 people so far have already died of the coronavirus. And as many studies, at least the one I looked at, suggested that this could have been way more contained, up to 95% if China had just done its part, not, not you know, handling the crisis well, but, you know, analyzed what was happening, telling other countries, not lying to the World Health Organization, not burning samples, not hiding information, not telling the truth. If they could just do those things, we would actually be in a much better situation and everything may not be shut down at this point and could have saved tons of lives. So that's not, Trump is not condemning Asian people. He's condemning the Chinese government for all their irresponsible actions that have done this. So you won't read it, but the New York Times goes on you know, to suggest that some people are saying that Asians eat nasty food. You know, it's not that people don't respect Asian culture, but some of the foods that have been eaten in, in these meat markets, such as bats, have caused so many diseases. And the fact is not to crack down on Asian culture or to hate Asian, Asian culture, but it's to suggest that over the past, you know, century, you've got the swine flu, the bird flu, the Asian flu, the coronavirus, SARS, H1N1, like a ton of different diseases that came from the same place. So no one is, or at least good people aren't condemning Asian culture, the nasty food. What they're condemning is the government's inability to shut down places that have killed because, you know, indirectly, because of the foods being eaten there, killed thousands of people at this point. And now again, you know, I don't think people should be anti-Asian. I think that's a terrible thing. And if anyone's violent towards Asians, I think, you know, if they commit a violent crime against an Asian, they should go to jail. Now, let me give a couple more examples of this. So first, we'll start with the El Paso example. One of the shooters, he went down to El Paso and shot up a Mexican, well, Walmart that had a prominent Mexican population demographics there. Terrible act. Terrible act. Manifesto out, you know, supporting, you know, some of the things. Terrible. But should Trump be held accountable, accountable for that? Of course not. Just because Trump wants a border wall, just because he wants, you know, some people who are here illegally to be deported, does not mean that he is responsible for all 
you know, everyone who goes out and and does terrible things like this El Paso shooter did. Same thing applies to here. He's calling it the Chinese virus because it started in China and because the Chinese government lied and did all these terrible things that that in turn made it so we're we're at a pandemic stage right now. He's not trying to promote hatred. He's not trying to promote violence. Now, if he said, I want you to go out and hurt Asian people, that would be a very different thing, and he should be condemned for that. But that's not what he's doing. He's calling it the Chinese virus for a very different reason. Now, the same thing applies to the other side, the Houston police officer shooting. You know, Obama, you know, with all of the police officers, you know, not um, all those things surrounding that, and then someone shot at police officers. Should Obama be condemned for that? No, of course not. If Obama said, again, go and hurt police officers, they're bad people, that would be a very different situation and totally very bad. And of course, I support the police officers because they helped protect, they help protect our nation. And what happened there was also a terrible thing. But just because someone, you know, radical did this does not mean that Obama should be held responsible for that. So that that the same thing applies to calling it the Chinese government. Now, before we go, I want to address why Trump is calling it this. So we've already talked about the Chinese government and misinformation, but one of the main reasons why China wants to do that is because they're a communist government. They're a dictatorship. They want to look good to their, you know, the, the citizens of China. I mean, why do they call themselves the Republic of China? Like the People's Republic of China. They're, that doesn't even make any sense. They're communist. So the Chinese government is trying to do everything it can to look good to its people, to hide evidence, to suggest that it's not bad, and in return, it has caused a pandemic all around the world. So communism is bad. The Chinese government spread misinformation and was lying. The markets should have, the markets where um, all these diseases have started should be shut down. I mean, if you like eating bats, you know, like all sorts of things where if these markets never existed in the first place, then these lots of these diseases such as SARS and coronavirus would have never existed. So let me give you another example, completely different ethnicity, right? So American Burger Place is selling poisonous food. They should be shut down. It's not anti-American and it's actually pro-American. So if someone is selling food that's poisonous, the government has the right to come in and say, if, if you know, people eat this or they... They'll be poisoned and some of them might die. So you cannot sell this food here. That's not anti-American. What the Chinese government should do is they should go in and say, these places where you're selling these live animals, they've, ca they've caused all sorts of diseases and pandemics. Unless you change something, unless you make it cleaner, unless, you know, shut them, shut them down at this point, unless you change something, you cannot sell this food because at this point, you know, coronavirus alone has caused 23,000 deaths. So that's not anti-Chinese. Just like shutting down an American burger place isn't anti-American. It's actually pro-American in the, in, in the example of the American burger place because you're now saving people's lives. And this that's what China should be doing. China should be doing the same thing as shut down these places is not Chinese, uh, is not anti-Chinese. It's helping Chinese people from getting sick and spreading pandemics around the world. Now, I'm not suggesting that, you know, you know places, you know, Chinese food restaurants in America should be shut down. All I'm suggesting is if the Chinese government takes action against these meat markets where they're selling 
live bats that, you know, disgusting in my opinion, but are unsanitary and have caused all these diseases, if they can shut them down, we'd actually prevent a lot of pandemics possibly in the future. So all of these reasons I just listed are not because Trump is calling for violence. It's because it's not because he hates Asian people. It's for all of these different reasons and that's why it should that's why it's okay to call it the Chinese virus and why it's not racist. Thank you for listening to this episode of the James Wilson show. My name is James Wilson and I'll be here next episode.